we are on a sermon series titled Be- Be- Beautiful Attitudes and Simple What? Truth, right? Simple Truth. And it's based on, uh, we're in the book of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7. We're still in 5. And um, Met- Matthew was written by Matthew. Y'all are on top of this. And uh, there was a, a sermon that's preached that sort of is the thing we're king. It's called the Sermon on the Mount when it was preached by Jesus. All right, Jesus. So, so um, we're going to jump into this. Uh, back in 2001, there was a story that came out uh, of a waitress that was working in a restaurant. And she was working there. And the manager came up with an incentive for the staff. He said, for the waitress or waiter that sells the the most, and it was a certain type of drink, that they will get a brand spanking new Toyota. And so the staff really, really were like, I mean, just think, what if I said, hey, uh, for the the rest of this month, the student that brings the most most friends to the edge will win a brand new Toyota. What 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 would you do? You'd be grabbing everybody. You'd be like, "I'll pay you twenty dollars to come." I mean, you you will find a way that we would have we would be mobbed. So at the end of the month, one girl outshined them all, and she got. They put a blindfold on. They walked her out to the parking lot, and they. They revealed to her her brand new Toyota, but it wasn't a Toyota, it was a Toyota. Here's a, 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 a picture of her. She doesn't look real thrilled, right? That's actually a picture of her as they were dealing with the lawyer. She, she quit her job. She took him to court. In the end, she won her case. And it was an undisclosed amount of money they won, but her lawyer said she could go to any lot and buy whatever Toyota she wants to buy. But would you be mad if you'd worked so hard and they gave you? And that that was a real-life story that occurred. We, um, about 10 years ago, um, our church did an event called, called One Day. And we were, we gathered for one day, it was a Saturday, to go in the community and we were going to just go bless people. We were going to go rake leaves, wash cars, help everybody that we could find. One of them, my group, I had a group of youth, and our job was to go to the uh, Yuli baseball fields at the high school and, and, and middle school and, and do some raking up stuff and cleaning up stuff. And so they opened up the shed. They had some rakes there. We go, and within 20 minutes, one of my perfect youth, just like y'all are, busted a rake in half. It's like they were sword fighting or something. I don't know what they were doing. And I'm like, oh, it's not even our rake. And within about 10 more minutes, another rake breaks. I'm going, this is not very good at all. The, the baseball coach wasn't around. Uh, he came back near the end, and I said, hey, Man, I'm sorry about these rakes. I will, I will make sure I bought you a couple of new rakes, and we'll have them here the first of next week. Guy looked at me and said, no problem at all. Took the rest of his stuff. He put it in the shed. Monday came around. I went to the store, bought some rakes. 
went up to the school and met with a guy uh, and said, hey, here's the rakes. And this is what the guy said. He was stunned. He said, I never dreamed when you told me you were going to go actually pay for the rakes that you broke that you actually would show up and do it. It never sort of crossed my mind that I I shouldn't do it. I broke the man's rakes even though we'd come to serve. But he was astounded by it. And to this day, he thinks the world will be just because I bought him some rakes. I'm thinking, what condition is our world in where that's impressive to somebody? Am I right? Um, Promises come. Words, we say words, and words have, have meaning, and they should have meaning, and a lot of times they don't. Just about 20 years ago, my, uh, my father, uh, his, his mother, so it's my grandma, his mother was dying, and she had met with my dad. And I, I didn't hear about this until about 10 years ago, but he'd, she had met with them, and she had had him promise her that when she died that he would go to church every week. She was a good Catholic woman, and we went to we were CEOs uh, as I grew up uh, as I grew up in church. That means Christian, uh, Christmas and Easter on, on, only. That's, that's the times that we sort of went to church. And um, and to this day, my dad's now eighty, uh, almost eighty. And and every Saturday night or Sunday morning, he if he can get there and if he can get an appointment now and re- reservation or whatever. He, he's there at church. Why? Because he made a promise to his mother who's been dead for 20 years, but he still thought it was important enough to keep that, that, that promise. Have you heard the old childhood saying, you may have said this before, cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my I have, have you ever said that before? Anybody? I got one. Thank you, Andre. Okay, a few more, right? Cross my heart, hope to I stick a needle in my... That's a pretty grotesque thought if you really think about it, right? If you make a promise to someone, going, oh, you didn't get it all right. Come over here, Bob. Bam! I mean, that is like a lose-lose. Uh, as I thought about uh, promises that we make and, and truth, uh, how important is it on a scale of 1 to 10 do you think it is to speak the, the truth? Scale of 1 to 10. 10. Okay, let me rephrase this. In the world we live in today, how important is it to speak the truth? In the, in the world's view. Or how well, let me ask you this. And this counts, when I say world, that means a lot of the church too. How well does the church do and the world do in speaking the truth? All the time. There's a phrase that, we, that you hear a lot. Uh, have someone, has someone ever said to this phrase, well, let me be honest with you. Have they ever said that phrase? So they weren't being honest the whole time before? Is that what that means? Or can I be frank? Now, I don't know who this frank guy is, but evidently he was very honest. Because they, can I be frank means, hey, can I just tell you the truth? Well, what were you telling me beforehand? Was it, was it all a lie? We're in the text right here in Matthew 5. Get ready. We're going to turn there in a second. Uh, the sixth com- commandment was, thou shalt not mur- murder. We talked about that from a, a, actually probably six weeks back. That, um, that It says that if you get angry, unrighteously angry with your, your brother, it's like you've committed mur- murder. The same ju- judgment falls on you. La- l- l- last week, we, we talked about the seventh commandment, which was in, in the text said that if you look 
lustfully at a woman, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. You've broken the seventh commandment. These are some truths that Jesus taught. So let me just go back here for one second. Young people and old people, whatever people you are, purity and honoring God is so important, especially that area of your life. Do not miss that teaching from last week, please, because it will wreck you. And you go, well, I'm still young. I'm a teenager. It's not going to mess me up. It will, it will mess up your marriage 10 years from now when things from your past can crop up and you've got to talk with your now spouse about working through some issues. It will hurt you later. Be careful. Honor Christ now. So now we're going to talk about the ninth commandment. That's is where Jesus has us in the text, which is who knows what the ninth commandment is. Thou shalt not, it's really just lie. Okay, thou shalt not, not lie. <clears throat> so, Matthew chapter 5, uh, we're going to read verses 33 through 37. I'm going to ask you to stand as we read our main text tonight in honor, remind us in honor of God's word. This is God's word to us, God speaking to us. And this is what it says beginning in verse 33. Again, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be, be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for your, your word, a chance just to, 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 to read it aloud as a group. And as we sort of work through this text, God, may we understand how important it is to, to practice honesty and for our word to mean something. Uh, and God, we live in a world that needs to see righteous men and, and women speaking truth, living truth, Lord. And may we do that not so that we may be praised, but so that we can point people to you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a seat. Context of this passage is important. Okay, what did it mean to the original audience? And we see it here when he, he says, uh, uh, don't, don't take an oath at all, either by, by heaven, and then he goes, or by earth, or he says, or by Jerusalem. So what does that mean? And and this is what they would do. If a man was going to like, make a deal with, with someone, they, they would make oaths. And he, and he might say, hey, by the fact that that rock is here, I promise you I'm going to do this based on this, this rock. And the guy would go, okay. And that would be what they would call a low-level oath. I don't think you can put a whole lot of faith in, in that rock. But all of a sudden, if he raised it and says, hey, I'm going to put my oath on my house. This, okay, the house is worth more than the rock, so that, this oath means a, a little bit more, but he still could very well break that oath. What if he said, I'm going to put an oath on Jerusalem? This is the city of God. Well, that's a pretty big oath, but it's not as big of an oath as by earth. Earth is bigger, what God, God, God made in Genesis 1, but that's no way bigger than the oath of by heaven. Or by my own head, which is my, means my, my life. I put my oath on my life. So they would do these oaths, what we'd say, a, pro, a, a prom, promise. But it would like be like a half promise or a two-thirds promise. It wasn't like a, 
this is what I'm going to do. And that's what, what the point that Jesus is trying to get there is don't, 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 don't do an oath unless you, you're going to fulfill it. And, and his, his whole point of don't do an oath is this. Don't do a bad oath. Don't tell someone you're going to do something and not do it. That is a sin that is wrong that breaks the ninth commandment. So, um, some believers, uh, Christians or Christian groups, let's say, Puritans and whatnot, they, they, they will not make an oath at all. They won't make an oath before the court. They won't make a promise at all because this passage right here, because they say, well, he says, you, you shall not make an oath, so we will not make an oath at all. The truth is, we, we actually, in life, make oaths all the time. The truth is, we need to make good oaths, good prom- promises, things that we're going to keep. Those are the, the promises or oaths that we're called to make. We, um, we, we all, in your life, you will be called to, to make an oath. I, uh, I, Dan, take Michelle to be my wife. To have and hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for for richer, for poor, a lot poorer sometimes, in sickness and in health, uh, as long as we both shall live, as God is my witness, I give you this promise. That's an oath. Is that a good oath or a bad oath? That's a great. That that's a fantastic oath, and that's one that 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 any man and wife before God, uh, as they pledge their lives to each other. They're, they're called to fight for and to keep with everything they have. That, so we do make oaths. We actually see God makes oaths. Look in, in Genesis chapter 12, no, chapter 9. Let's, let's go to 9 first. Uh, and he made an oath to Noah and all of mankind. And this is what he said in verse 14 of chapter 9. God says, when I bring clouds over the earth and the bow... The, the rainbow is seen in the clouds. I will remember my, my, my covenant that's between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters will never again, shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Do you know the rainbow is not for you? It's not for you. Ah, that rainbow's there to remind me of God's promise. God says, I'm putting that rain, rainbow in the sky to remind myself of this oath that I make before you, that I will not crush the earth again with a flood. So God, God makes those. Here's one in Genesis 12. He's speaking to Abraham. Uh, and he, and he, he says in verse, or it's not uh, chapter 12, it's actually chapter 15. Uh, and he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. So he, God says to him, hey, look out in the stars. Your, your pe- pe- people that's going to come from you is going to be more than the stars that you see. This is a promise that I give you. And then God does this. He says, he says get, a, get a cow, a goat, and a ram, and get two birds, a dove and a, dove and a pigeon. And he says, and take the three livestock, the goat, cow, and, 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 and uh, a ram, and cut them in half. Ugh. Cut them in half and lay one on this side and one on this side. Here's a picture of, of, of sort of what it, it would have looked like. Okay? So he says, take it and cut it in, in half. And you're like, why does he do that? Well, we're about to see why, and I'll explain it. it says that then a deep sleep comes over 
Abraham, and a great dread fell over him. And then look in here, verse 13 of the text, and then we'll go back to that picture when we're done with the text, Haley. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be so sojourners or tra- travelers in a land that is not theirs, and, and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years, but I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And then it says this interesting part in verse 17. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. All right, let's go back to that picture. So when they would take an animal, if, and back in the ancient days, they would, if they made an oath that, that was like, a, this, is a, this is a real binding oath, they would take some animal, and they would cut it in half, sort of like the picture I think we've got, right? And th- that both of the, the people that made the deal would walk through, in between, through the guts and through the pieces of the animals. It's called a, a, a blood oath. I do not want to hear any of you doing a blood oath this week, like with a cat in the neighborhood or anything. That's not allowed. That's weird. We don't do that anymore. So they would they would do it and walk through it, and what it meant is if I break this oath, may what, may what happened to these animals ha- ha- happen to me. That, that's what it meant. And it was binding. So if I break this oath, I am just to be cut in half, and may this occur to me, may I be killed. It's that serious of an issue. And it's interesting here that God has this blood oath that he's done, but usually it's between the two, two parties. But we see that it says that a smoking fire pot and flaming torch, which represent, these re- 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 represent God, that God by himself takes it and goes through the, the remains of the animals. Why? Because God was making the covenant. It was all on God. Abraham had nothing to do with it. Abraham couldn't mess it up. God was the one that was going to do everything with it. That's why he, he walked through. So we see this, this oath thing is really important. And so the question is, is making an oath or a promise wrong? And it's not wrong, but be careful. Before you say you're going to promise to do something, let your words mean something, because we live in a world where words don't mean a whole lot at all. And it's very sad when someone says something to you and you can't trust if it's going to come through with it or not. He ends with a simple statement, and this is like, if I can live by one thing from this message tonight, it says this, let your, less, you let, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you can't do it, tell someone you can't do it. If you can do it and you will do it, tell someone you can and you will. And even if it costs you, you are going to fulfill your commitment as long as it doesn't harm or hurt anybody else, including yourself. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Have integrity. It's a word that, that a lot of people throw around and they act like they have a lot of it, but very few do. As you grow up and as you meet people and as you talk to people, there's going to be very few that you go, Oh, this is, this is a man of their word. And when you find these types of people, you want to be around them. 
You, that's who you want to rub shoulders with. Even with friendships that you have now, be careful of who you hang out with. If you hang out with squalor, you, that's what you'll become. Well, I'm going to raise them up. I'm going to help them all. Help. They're, they're going to pull you down a lot easier. It's a lot easier to pull someone down than it is to raise someone up. Be careful who you hang out with. Growing up, um, my dad owned a dock building business. Uh, he did it for probably 25 years, built docks on the St. John's River, River. At the age of 10, 12, I would work with him uh, 14, 15 uh, out on the, the water. A lot of times we'd work on a boathouse, which is sort of a, like a two-story roof on the end of a dock to keep a boat dry. And if they were struck by lightning, my job was to crawl up on top because I was the lightest guy on the team. Uh, with a rope tied around my waist, I don't, I guess, well, so, so when I fell through the roof because it was burnt and struck by lightning and, and decaying, that they could fish me out of the water real quick and I wouldn't drown. It only happened twice that I fell through, through the roof. I was glad to have that rope on me. So um, he was really well known and uh, a man came up to him and this was the owner of Win, the Win Dixie Stores. Uh, so this is a man of, and I will tell you, of, of great, great wealth. Even today, he's a man of, of great wealth. And he came to my dad. He was getting some, some bids on to build a, a big dock. My dad came, came over, gave the man a bid. Uh, within the next day or two, the, the man came back, back to my dad and said, Hey, uh, Joe, I, I heard that you build great docks, and uh, I, I agreed your price. Uh, everything we've ever talked about on this my lawyer is going to draw up some con- contracts and all this stuff. And, uh, and so if you can just sign those, get those over, we'll get this process going. And my dad said, well, uh, sir, and I won't say his name, he says, I, um, I appreciate you wanting my business, but I don't sign special contracts for anybody. If I can't work this out with a deal and a ha- handshake, I don't want the job. And the guy goes, no, really, just, he'll send it over, it's no big deal, just, just sign it. And my dad said, no thanks, and he, and he left. The next day, the man came to my dad, very rich man, and said, Joe, uh, I've never really done this before, because I, I do contracts for everything, but I want you to do the job, and so uh, if you'll shake my hand, I'll be willing, uh, we'll, we'll make a deal. They sh- they shook hands. My dad ended up, he built a dock for the man. Now, story goes on. My dad built docks for about five more years, uh, five or six more years, sold the dock build, building business. When he, when he sold that, the man who he had made that deal with five years ago called him up and said, Joe, I haven't met a whole lot of guys like you. I want you to come work for me. My dad's worked now for him for 30 years on a place called the D-Dot Ranch, which brings a whole lot of folks from all around the world to go hunting and do these big things. And, and my dad has, has led hunts for these guys. Why? Because this man saw something in my dad, which he didn't see a whole lot in the rest of the world. And he and my dad, and my dad's been with him for 30 years, and they are very, very, very good friends. And it all became because of that day when he said, you know what, if we can't make this deal as men and our word can mean something, I don't want to do it. I don't know about you, but that's refreshing to me. You know what? That, that's what type of relationships I want. Those are the people I want to be around. Someone whose, whose word 
is their bond. That means it, it, it means some, some, something. And, and bring us back to the text where we're at, where, where, where Jesus, why does he even say this is real important and let your yes be yes and your no be no? Why is he keying in on this, okay? Okay, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is speaking, saying this is very important. And if you look back at verse 16 of chapter 5, he says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Why is it important for your word to mean something? Why is it important for you to keep and you to do what you say you will do? Because the world needs to see Jesus. And if you don't have your word is not meaning anything at all, they will never see him, and they will, you're just going to look like everybody else. Man, my greatest hope is that our yes will be yes and our no will be no. And it's, it's sad that we live in a world today where it's hard to find someone really worth their weight. And I've found this, when it's hard to find someone that, that you think this is what the Word of God says we're supposed to, to look like, maybe you're the someone someone else is supposed to see. Well, but Pastor Dan, what if I'm doing that all by myself? What if, even going back to, to pure, purity, and, and I'm in a world where they scoff at it and they laugh at it, and what if when I do it, even friends of my church, they all just fall away from it. What do I do? You stand firm. You, you, you fight hard for what God, who God has called you to be. It's what you do, even when you're alone. What do I do when no one else is really speaking truth or they don't stick to their promise of what I do, you stick to yours. But what if I'm all alone? I know. You will be. There will be times you will be alone, but there will be times you won't. Just keep fighting. Let's pray and we're going to be dismissed tonight. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. God, just a, a, a simple truth on may our, may our yes be yes and our no be no. And God, I just ask that you'll empower students and adults alike uh, empower us all to uh, be people uh, who speak truth, uh, that keep our word, that when we make a, a, a promise, even if it costs us, um, we stick to it. Uh, and God, as we do this, may we point people to you. May this world see you. Uh, and God, that world may even be in our own homes. Uh, so God, help us to be in a light uh, in our own homes. Lord, help us to be a light as uh, for, 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 for many in this room, they're, they're going to school this next week, and it's, it's uncertain on what that's going to look like. But may we be a people that when the world sees our good deeds, that they glorify you, God. That's our goal. God, empower these students, empower these adults as they go to work in a world that's scared and people are wondering what's tomorrow going to look like. May we be secure in you. May we share that with others. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.